0: So welcome once again to the Wiki Weekdays podcast. I am Lucas Holland, and I am joined, as always, by Carl Smallwood. Say hello, Carl. Hello, Hello, Carl. Oh, he's in. He's in. And Carl, people can probably tell by looking at the podcast, I'm very tired today. I haven't slept much, but I'm ready for some podcasting, are you? Uh, I am, yes,
1: but that's the thing. You don't need to clarify that you're tired. We're in our 30s now, Lucas. It's implied. <laughs> It'd be more surprising if we weren't tired. It's like, I know I'm just
0: extra special tired today, uh, so okay. I reckon there's going to be a couple more line flubbages than usual. It's just
1: like when I get to my mum's point where she has 10 cups of coffee a day. Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm at that point where, like, I don't know, since I hit about twenty nine thirty, mm-hmm. if I have a coffee, like... In the first few hours of my day, it just messes with me up completely. Oh, okay. I like the ritual. I
1: have like a little espresso machine next to my bed. Mm. So when I get up in the morning, I'll um, uh, get my exercise stuff out. I'll have a quick espresso. I'll read me emails and stuff and I'll do exercise for the day with a protein shake.
0: It helps. I, I it like does. You know, when I was working in a restaurant, I was like, you know, a little bit younger, a little bit fitter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ate, you know, cranking those coffees out. And then I, I started working from home and I'm like, oh no, but if I have a coffee, my tummy hurts. And it's it's the,
1: the weirdest thing, isn't it? When you're younger, you can like just like, what, shotgun energy drinks? I to go on nights <laughs> yeah. out and have like 10 vodka Red Bulls. It's like, why? I don't need the
0: energy. I'm 20. <laughs> and so now when make- I need it, I'm like... Oh, can't can't do coffee in the first four hours or the last four hours of the day. It's a yeah. like, great,
1: great. It's like where's the Red Bull for people whose tummy hurts? Where's that? <laughs> I guess it's just kombucha, isn't it? That's the thing that you drink when you're thirty. You, still I, like you drink kombucha.
0: How many people are going to be like drink matcha tea? And like, okay, okay,
1: okay. Drink turmeric lattes so it just dyes your house yellow. <laughs> God, shotgun the walls, Carl. <laughs> Have you ever seen that picture of that cat? Or it's like, oh, turmeric gets rid of fleas. It's like, I put it on my cat, when my cat's just yellow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just this tiny little yellow cat. And obviously you can't let it go on anything because it's going to ruin it. So it's just like yeah. behind like this screen, it's not allowed to move. Because it's tumeric, so confused. Like,
0: turmeric has a look at things and just stains them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I love me some Indian
1: food, but like there are some permo stains on my oven. So it's
2: like, <laughs> I'll get my takeaway and I'll
1: put it down.
0: And the oil's on the bottom. Like oh so. uh, That's not yeah. happening. That's how you get the flavours, Carl. Just it the is. stains make the flavours happen. But we're not here to talk about Indian food, unless we are, because, you know, this is the Wiki Weekdays podcast. I don't know what you're going to talk about. We could be talking about yeah. anything, as long just as there's a Wiki that. entry.
1: Sorry for that for anyone who's like, are your first time listener, or you're not, you know, you're not getting the theme yet of just once a week, me and Lucas will come in with one wiki we found on the internet. We don't tell the other one what it's going to be, and we compete for you, our audience at home. So let us know in the comments or wherever else you can, like social media stuff, which wiki you thought won this week. Sometimes no, I no, no, theme, Carl, sometimes
0: not. you've destroyed your own alliteration. It's which wiki won this week. Not you thought. Okay, <laughs> the, my bad. Not, There's no thinking about it. There's definitive answers, which wiki won this week. Okay, so, my, bad, my, bad, my you my my You know, let us know in the comments. But Carl... You are gonna start us off this week, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so Lucas, I've gone for just you now a straight up Wikipedia entry on a very popular show. Perhaps one of the most popular shows of the last ten years. A surprisingly and some would say depressingly popular also there's a fly flying around my apartment. I did I I did just see the little whiff. <laughs> If someone just sees the raisin coming in, that's why. I uh... and that show it. Ooh.
0: I was True. gonna say, like, we have had a a bit of a track record between the first, like, you know, s- series of episodes here, where I have also managed to bring in a TV epi- a TV show, without mm-hmm. talking about it. Like, there was no, there was no prior conversation other than, no, no. do we want to do a theme this week? And I said, well, we didn't announce a theme last episode, so no. But yeah. I've also brought a TV show, maybe a less popular one. Okay, well, so i We'll find we'll, out about that later.
1: So, my TV show that we're talking about, and as always, kind of linked to the wiki referring to below, is The Big Bang Theory. And I can just see the look on Lucas's face. So, Lucas, it's not as evident from like, my setup because you can just see Mr. Skellington. Mm-hmm. But, but from yours, you can see you've got your YouTuber gamer shelf in the background, you've got your Stitch, you've got all your nerdish and, uh, accoutrements. We are both nerds, yes? We should be the primary demographic for Big Bang Theory.
0: Yeah, and like you know, we use the terms like nerd and geek a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not meant to be in a disparaging way because more, I have to clarify that when we're talking about big bang theory. Because big bang theory seems to be wanting to use it in a very disparaging way. And
1: Yeah. And nerd and geek culture are more like that it is what's popular now is that's the old thing. Like Marvel movies are making like gangbusters at the movie studios, and yet you still have some people who cling to that um, label of "oh, I'm a nerd, I'm an outcast." It's like no, you just don't shower and hate women. So it's, like, it's different.
0: <laughs> that's a different and, thing.
1: That's not. Bang we're not.
0: We're not saying that's what nerds are.
1: No, we're saying that there's a subset of nerds who cling to that like um, outsider status, who maybe that would refer to. But Big Bang Theory kind of helped bring nerd culture into the mainstream. Love it or hate it. And it is, as mentioned, one of the most popular shows of the last 10 years. It is our generation's equivalent of Friends. Like, what Friends was to Gen X, the Big Bang Theory was to Millennials. I think,
0: obviously, you would throw uh, Him, Him, How I Met Your Mother in there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of like the in-between, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely one of those shows that, as you say... You know, spanned like 10 seasons or whatever, and was the defining sitcom of an entire decade, basically. I
1: think it should be held up as well. It's the last sitcom, as in, like, it's the last traditional format sitcom. Because, um, something I like to discuss when it comes to like media and stuff, is, especially long running media, is how it adapts to the changing landscape. Because 10 years is a long time in television. Mm-hmm. To the point where, and I think one of the best examples of that in the Big Bang Theory is the first few episodes of the Big Bang Theory. The first few seasons were about, I think, twenty-four, twenty-six minutes long, which is fairly standard in, you know, television, isn't it? For like half an hour, you, it's twenty-two to twenty-four minutes long, so you can put in like six, to eight minutes long so ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how long episodes of the latest season were? In some cases,
0: I mean, I don't. I would have if you asked me without setting it up like that. I would have just assumed the entire show ran for half an hour, like, you know, Mm. half an hour including ads, so they were always 22, 24, 26 minutes.
1: So what's the least amount of, like, content you'd accept from a half-an-hour long time slot?
0: I mean... To me, I've stopped watching TV already because Mm. of that stuff. So, like, to me, as somebody who's, you know, spent the last 10 years not watching much Traditional TV, I would say, like, fucking 27 minutes. But I reckon for, you know, actual traditional TV, 22.
1: Yeah, so you think, like, over at least over 20, so two-thirds mm-hmm. of the content. There were episodes of the last season of The Beyond Theory that were 18 minutes long. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you had 18 minutes of content, 12 minutes of ads, which is bordering on 50-50. Because I think I, that's so fascinating to look at, don't you? Of, yeah. You can literally see the the down, the decline of terrestrial television, cable television, by looking at a graph of how long the episodes are. Of like, you can literally see them like just putting more ads in as the revenue for ads drops and the viewership craters.
0: As you can just see, Netflix taking more and more money away as they slip more and more adverts in there. But
2: yeah, I, actually, the
0: I actually found out how egregious American television adverts are. Oh, it's horrendous, yes. Yeah. Through Every Big Bang prominence. Theory, because like I found out, um, discussing with somebody like years ago that mm-hmm. oh, when you watch Big Bang Theory over here, you get a couple one block of ads in the middle where you can yeah, walk that's, away, that's go I'll... make yourself a cup of tea, or go to the toilet, or whatever. Whereas you know, the Big Bang Theory intro happens and then there's an advert, and I was like, What? Yeah. So,
1: this would be interesting for Americans listening or watching, where um, over in the UK. Adverts on terrestrial television are incredibly heavily regulated. Mm -hmm. And you have to, by law, have a minimum amount of content before you're allowed to show an ad. And that is usually, um, I think it's the ratio. It changes on year to year, but it's about six minutes for every half an hour of content, which is why most things are like 24 minutes. And it actually ends up influencing some TV shows because British versions of American sitcoms sometimes end up being longer.
2: Mm, because yeah.
1: we get more content because they have to put more content in to run more ads oh, sorry, to fit with that ad structure and there's no such law in America which is why you'll have like three to four minutes of content then a 30 second ad break then three to four minutes and another 30 second ad break and for British people watching that's why when you sometimes watch American sitcoms they'll be like you know just a one second of a black screen or there'll be like a splash screen to lead you into the next scene because that's where in America that'll be an ad break
0: yeah, there's quite a lot of times where you, you don't really notice it until you know about that, but yeah. with the Big Bang Theory, they'll, they'll do like the zoom in to like, the splash screen with the atoms on it, mm-hmm. and then like that will be, as you say, just a marker of that would have been where the Americans had an ad break, but we didn't, and you can see that that happens like, maybe two or three times in an episode where we don't get ad breaks. It's like, oh,
1: yeah, and I think you'll notice that a lot. A lot Americans like can't believe that, but it's literally enshrined in our law. that like you can't put ads in, and obviously a lot of companies try and push that because they make more money when they can put more ads in. And a couple of things that have been done over the years um, include removing intros from syndication. Giantland shows in syndication they'll just not do the intro because oh. that thirty second intro means now the show's thirty seconds shorter. That's thirty seconds more of adverts. But the most hilarious one for me. Is that sometimes some studios or some stations, I should say, like airing old um, reruns, will ever so slightly speed up TV shows by one or two percent?
0: Oh, okay. So
1: they'll go; they'll speed the entire thing up by one or two percent, and then they'll send someone in. Joe sometimes, like you'll have like a a hanging sentence. Mm. Like we just had then. There was a, a brief pause there before you answered. They'll sometimes go to the effort of going in and getting someone to edit all those out. I guess they're like, like speedrunners where they try and like shave frames off a run mm-hmm. to save it. And you think, oh, why would you like do this to save a few frames? Because over the course of a half an hour run, that saves you 30 seconds.
0: That's Same one extra advert you can slot in one. One extra
1: ad, yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, we're getting a little up, um, uh, beside ourselves there. So, The Big Bang Theory is an American television sitcom created by known enemy of entertainment, Chuck Lorre and Bill Brady, known <laughs> for creating probably one of the worst sitcoms, I think, which is Two and a Half Men. I fucking hate Two and a Half Men.
0: I I remember when I was a teenager. You know, it was one of those background comedy central sitcoms that just mm-hmm. I'd let run. Um, and yeah, I remember going back and a few years ago being, oh, Two and a Half Men. Just what was Two and a Half Men actually like? again? It is a way more unfunny than I remember, and B horribly so. Yes. Somehow. Even more sexist and misogynist than I remembered, and I remembered mm. it being bad.
1: Yeah. And it's just, Chuck Laurie is um, just awful. And like almost all of his sitcoms are terrible, including the Big Bang Theory, which is like, but, no, I do, it is a guilty pleasure for me. I consider it to be fast food television. You know it's not good for you, but sometimes you just want a Big Bang. Sometimes I, you just want to while away 20 minutes.
0: I did enjoy the first couple of seasons of Big Bang Theory, especially as they kind of tried to make it. More about, you know, the hardships, quote unquote, mm-hmm. of being a hyper intelligent professor at university while also being a geek. It's like the first part I can't uh, associate with, but the second part I can. Yeah, it's also fun to hate watch and just see
1: what kind of stuff they portray as being like, you know, nerdy or niche like the episodes where it's like them queuing up to go watch star wars and it's portrayed as this like oh who the hell's gonna queue up to go watch a star wars movie it's like fucking everybody it's yeah. star wars
0: yeah um, it's definitely the what chuck Glory imagines the mainstream media imagines geeks to be
1: yeah it's that it's like um you know that whole thing is like a, a, a stupid person's idea of what a smart person looks like.
0: It's mm-hmm. so that.
1: This is like, you know, a non-nerd's idea of what a nerd looks like. And their idea is like, it's almost bordering on shit from like the 80s. Mm, yeah. Like, they like you know, right down to like, you know, the fucking, like the thick rimmed glasses and the, well, actually, which to be fair, we've all met that guy. Well, actually, I've never met five of them in a I've row. I've
0: never met that
1: guy. No, I've never met five of them in a row, though. That's the thing. Four, four. Oh, them, right. Group of five. So the show originally centered on five characters living in Pasadena. And can you tell me the names of all five characters, Lucas? For five bonus points, that'll
0: be nothing. Uh, do I get podcast points though?
1: You get podcast points.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so that would be uh, Leonard Hofstadter Sheldon full Cooper. Names. Um, this is where I, the first two I can do full names, and then it's yeah. um Howard, Raj, and Penny.
2: Howard Raj ooh, Howard Raj. and Penny, right? Penny,
0: yeah, okay, Penny. I was double
1: checking that Penny count was one of the main five.
0: Yeah, I was going to say because there's the four geeks and then Penny and then obviously yeah. they introduce like um, Amy, Bernadette, and then a couple yeah. of other like of the side character geeks as well. And Stewart, yeah, and so Stuart like of course, yes. As
1: Lucas said, we have Leonard Hofstadter, played by Johnny Galecki, who's an actor who's in a lot more stuff than I expected because he's like a really big like that guy. When you're like watching a movie, like, hey, it's that guy. That's Johnny Galecki. He's in so many movies where he just plays like slimy businessman in the background, or toady businessman or underling.
0: Let me tell you, I had a shock when I rewatched Mr. Bean the Movie, and Johnny Galecki turns up on a motorbike as the sleazeball boyfriend. Yeah. I was like, no, no. How is he like the the dirty, like weedy, just untrustworthy boyfriend on a motorbike. Like, he's not badass enough to play that role.
1: It's that thing, like, the guy's got some range. Then we have Sheldon Cooper, played by Jim Parsons, who is another one where, like, he's basically playing against type. Like, the guy has been type-casted all as a fuck, but something you'll notice if you watch Big Bang Theory is that near universally in every episode, Sheldon wears long sleeve shirts. Mm. And one of the reasons they had to do that is because um, Jim Parsons who plays him, it's just Jim Parsons, Um, he's really fit in real life like he's a former basketball player because he's so tall and awkward oh right like he played basketball in college or something so he's really in shape Mm -hmm. so they had to do that to hide the fact he's got quite defined muscle definition it's like he's supposed to be a nerd who never stands up who never does anything
0: yeah he is meant to be like opposed to exercise in almost every way yeah and then we
1: have um, Penny played by uh, Kaylee Cuco. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Aerospace engineer Howard Wolowitz played by Simon Helberg. And astrophysicist Raj Foley, played by Kunal Naya. And then we've got um, Amy Farofala played by Maya Biak who's an actual or I should say who's an actual microbiologist in real life. So she actually has the same degree her character does. Um, Bernadette Ratankowski played by Melissa Roche. And then comic book owner Stuart Bloom played by Kevin Sussman who I think is one of the characters I ended up liking the most in later seasons. Because I don't generally like the sad sack character, but there's just something about the character of Stewart where I just feel so fucking
0: bad for him. But but at the same time, you don't because he ends up like living off mm-hmm. um, Howard and Bernard like in later seasons and guilting them into continuing to like live their rent free for doing fuck all. But I think it's just the the
1: actor who plays him. It's like it would be in mm-hmm. a, another Chuck Lorre sitcom. Two and a Half Men, the Alan. I fucking hate the character of Alan. And Stuart's essentially the same character, but there's just something about the actor I like more. And it's kind of weird because I ended up liking um, Alan Cryer, I think his name is, or John Cryer, who plays Alan. I like him as an actor, but I don't like the character he plays. Not at all, no. And here's something that actually surprised me, and this is something fans of the show, which, believe it or not, folks, it does have, will point out when you say that it's got canned laughter. The show was filmed in front of a live audience, for all episodes. So every single one of the 279 episodes produced were filmed in front of the live audience. And yes, they really are laughing.
0: Boy, does it feel like canned laughter, though.
1: That's the thing. It feels like canned laughter. But fans of the show will very be quick to point out it was filmed in front of the live audience. And as with all things filmed in front of the live audience, how much they massage those reactions is up for debate because it says here that it was filmed in front of a live studio audience that was like you know, handled by Chuck Lorre Productions. Mm -hmm. So his own production studio was, like, mixing the final sound edit, and there are those clips out there of, like, oh, here's a guy with a really distinctive obnoxious laugh. You can hear him multiple episodes doing the same laugh. And they could have had the same guy in for multiple tapings, or, as many, including myself, suspect, maybe they just piped in this guy, like, you know, some laughter Mm -hmm. to um, uh, fill out an otherwise bad joke.
0: Yeah, because technically you can still film in front of a live audience and get audience laughter, but it doesn't mean that what they used in the episode is genuinely just the laughter that they captured.
1: Yeah, and there's a great um, uh, Charlie Brooker bit about that. Where he talks, he's got a great series on like behind-the-scenes television nonsense, mm. and one of them is how you can use editing to hide bad jokes. And he shows, like, here's, like, you know, I, I film myself having a conversation with three people for, like, you know, half an hour. Here's the editor to make me look like I'm dying on my ass. Is the editor to make it look like we had a fight. Is the editor to look like I'm hilarious. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways you can massage um, the actual reality of a situation. But as with all like, sitcoms with a laugh track or even with a live audience, I do love those edits of when people edit out the laughs. It's just, it just makes it look like the Big Bang crew are just the most anti-social fuckers in the world, which is kind of true, I guess. It, I guess that show would be
0: true to form if it was like that. But
1: because, yeah, if you go watch it like without a laugh track, it's four guys sat down, and every 30 seconds someone says something, and no one reacts. Which, <laughs> do you know what? That's like my... I joined the Anime Society in uni. That's what that was like.
0: Yeah. Not far off, and it is it does like really point out when you watch one of those edits if anyone hasn't ever watched go. an edit i would i would recommend just go and go watch like up. big bang or you know how i met your mother friends. or seinfeld or friends or whatever whichever you know takes your flavor of just an episode or whatever without the laugh track because it's jarring to see how unnatural like, and they, stilted, the yeah. conversations actually are, if you think about it, and it's just the conversation.
1: Yeah, and it can be kind of good sometimes. Like, I love, like, the Fresh Prince for some of those, where, like, you know, they sometimes play off the audience. Like, you know, when celebrities come in and they're like, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, I know, oh, yeah. big
1: deal, stuff like that. But with this show, it's not so great. So, production. The show's pilot was pr- uh, premiered on September 24th, 2007. This is the second pilot for the show. It's a different altogether um, much less popular pilot, was produced in 2006 that never aired. The structure was different from the current series, um, and the only main characters retained both pilots were Leonard, um, Johnny Galecki, and Sheldon Jim Parsons, who were named after Sheldon Leonard, a longtime figure in episodic television, which is nice. I like when they do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice throwback. And um, I've watched the bits and pieces of the original pilot that were on YouTube, you know, as of a few years ago. It's not and- it, they are way more abrasive. And you can yeah. say that maybe Sheldon's still an abrasive character, but it it was not a good pilot. It was That's not now. Sure. The key difference is, is that they have the female lead, is Katie, a
1: street-hardened, tough-as-nails woman with a vulnerable interior, and Gilda, a scientist colleague and friend of the male characters. Sheldon and Lennon meet Kate after she breaks with a boyfriend, invite to share their apartment. Gilda is threatened by Katie's presence. Test audiences reacted negatively to um, the female characters, but like Sheldon and Leonard. And it's just one of those things of like, yeah, there it is. There's the Chuck Laurie
0: sexism coming in of like, a woman feels threatened. And I think... That's I a woman written by a man, all right. I can't remember if it's the same actress or not, but I I remember them having the um like nerdy love interest to Leonard, and I think it might be the same actress that was in the pilot... It seems but like to a, be, re, yeah. a you know a reworded character.
1: The only two actors it says here that came um, carried over were Johnny Galecki and Jim Parsons. Right, they retooled okay. the concept and it was picked up mm-hmm. and became one of the most popular shows on television. As I said, rivaling Friends in both like you know the length of its um, uh, series run and popularity and money made. Because the reason I like to compare it to Friends um, rather than How I Met Your Mother is that Friends very famously had the ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Who were the highest paid people on television, and then so that I think ended like...
0: up repeating itself with Big Bang essentially. Yeah, where
1: yeah. they were paid like I think towards the end, similar to with Friends, a million dollars an episode plus a shit ton on the back end, so they got like a kickback on all the syndication rights,
0: which are considerable. If if every other you know kind of country and channel has a similar length of like syndication for Big Bang mm-hmm. as E four fucking does. Yep. over here or did i don't know anymore but e4 over here which is like you know a channel Four side channel um they just Been had airing, big yeah. bang and maybe like you know friends and a couple of other shows just on loop yep. since it was maybe in like season three or something
1: yeah, and here's something that you um, you you might not know, Lucas. Science consultants. So, uh, David Salzberg, mm-hmm. a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of California, checks scripts and provides a dialogue, mathematics, equations, diagrams, and uses props. So, one of the things that like, a lot of scientists and mathematicians and nerds in general like about the Big Bang Theory is that while their pop culture references and, and the hints they have towards them are a bit cringy, all the science is rock-fucking-solid because they mm-hmm. had an actual like PhD mathematician astrophysicist, sign off on everything.
0: Yeah, it's similar to the other example I can think of in The Simpsons where again yep. they just very good at making sure that the science on the boards and everything in the background is, like, actually consulted by yeah. people who know what the fuck they're talking about.
1: And that's because a bunch of people on The Simpsons had, like, degrees in mathematics and when they moved on to Futurama, an ostensibly like, you know, science fiction show. or Sorry, an ostensibly, like, you know, science backed show. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, they had all of the stuff in the background as, like, actual, like, real science or a basis in real science. And there's a quote from, I think it's David X. Cohen who worked on it, it was like, this might be the smartest writing room ever assembled. Because like half of us have got degrees in like, mathematics and physics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they even like created a new theorem or equation for an episode where they're swapping bodies. Like they oh, designed right. a, a a new equation to work out that they'd be able to do that. So, like you know what? <laughs> That's for another episode. But then we have the theme yeah. song. And do you know who sung the theme song? Uh,
0: BNL. Bare for Naked,
2: Bare Naked, Naked Ladies.
0: Ladies. And I yep. I only know that because like. There's a point in like a community episode where that like Jeff is like, no one likes bare naked ladies as much as they say they do, and like leave BNL alone. It's like they don't deserve abbreviation. No one calls them BNL.
1: See, the bare naked ladies are a pretty decent band, so Canadian. I've got no problem with them. I've here. got no issue. I've got no qualms. I've got no beef with the bare naked ladies.
0: And I, an alternative I, rock band, I heard. <laughs> Big Bang Theory's intro enough that I had that shit memorized, because it's oh, a catchy song.
1: It's a really good song. It's almost like you should probably get a band who's used to making poppy, catchy music to make your theme song. Mm-hmm. It says here that it uh, describes the history and formation of the universe and the earth. The co-lead singer, Ed Robertson, was asked by Laurie and Prey to write a theme song for the show after the producers attend one of the band's concerts. Um coincidentally, Robertson had recently read Simon Singh's book, Big Bang, and at the concert he improvised a freestyle rap about the origins of the universe, which Damn. provided the basis for the theme song freestyle on that shit that's impressive yeah, um uh, oh, here we go. so it wasn't until two thousand seven a full length one minute forty five seconds version of the song was released commercially, although some unofficial pages identify the song as history of everything, the cover art for the single identifies the title as simply. The Big Bang Theory theme song. So it's hmm. never officially had a name. It's just the Big Bang Theory theme song. We says yeah. here that in September 2015, TMZ uncovered court document showing that Stephen Page sued former bandmate Robertson over the song, alleging that he <sighs> promised 20% of the proceeds. But that Robertson gets all the money for himself.
0: If you, I think it says in the credits, I think the creditation is to bare naked ladies. They should all mm-hmm. be getting a cut.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the music industry is rife with this sort of shit. And then we have Simply, mm-hmm. or follow up next, it's a, a brief section on salaries. So I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm just going to start with the first three seasons, Galecki, Parsons, and Kuko, the three main stars of the show, received $60,000 per episode. So there a 24-episode season, $60,000, so that's like 60 grand a week. That's like on, like, footballer money right there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's already quite a lot of money, considering that... They were all relatively unknown, and it was you know a small just, show at the time, obviously because mm-hmm. it's only just starting. It says by season
1: seven, Galecki, Patton, and Kuko were receiving 0.2 percent, 0.25 percent of the series' back end money, which it, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you remember how much money these shows made,
2: that that's adds a up lot.
0: Quick, uh,
1: before production began on the eighth season, um, and the three plus um, Helwig and Nail looked to re- re- negotiate new contracts with Galecki, Parsons, and Kuko seeking around a million dollars per episode, as well as more back-end money.
2: <sighs>
1: that's where you want to get it. That's where you want to get it, yeah. Because that season
0: shit's going to go for life.
1: Yeah, and it says here that by season 10, Helberg and Nea reached the one million per episode parity with Galecki, Parsons, and Kuko due to a clause in their deal signed in 2014. Now, that's different to what Friends did. So we did a video on the Fact Fiend channel a few years ago that the principal actors in Friends all negotiated as a group of five it's five, right, six. friends? Six. six, sorry, as a group of six. So during like, the season two, three, where like Ross and Rachel, the will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Warner Bros. offered Ro- Ross and Rachel's actors, uh, David Schwimmer and Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, Aniston, offered them $100,000 more per episode, and they turned that down and instead negotiated as a group to all get paid more.
0: Cause they because figured they figured s- that, that none of them are labeled as main characters and it would cause a lot of friction on set.
1: Yeah, so they thought if we're all paid exactly, same, it's an ensemble show. We don't want any, even though like some episodes focus on us. it's still an ensemble show carried by all of us. So to avoid any of that, they all agreed to, in that case, take a, you know, a paid cut. But by having the negotiating power of all six of them, because it's like then the studio couldn't like nickel and dime one person or convince one person to take more money, they had to agree with all of them. Which more than anything just shows that when you've got collective bargaining power, it's a lot easier to secure a better deal for everybody.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Like, a group of workers all coming together and deciding that either they all get benefits or none of them get the benefits. It's, yeah, it does create a lot of bargaining power. It's Weird that no one else has ever thought to do.
1: That. Similarly, we have here. So in March 2017, the main cast members, um, uh, so that's like, you know, the main five, took a 10% pay cut to allow uh, Bialik and Roosh to increase their earnings. This that's put nice them point. on about $900,000 episode. But we also yeah. meant that they could all get back-end deals as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good of them. So, and so they did do it, something
1: similar to that, yeah.
0: It is, like, obviously a bit different in terms of Big Bang Theory, because, yeah, there is a hierarchy of the three main characters, mm-hmm. the two other guys, and then the eventual love interests of two of them as well, yeah. yeah. But I yeah. would
1: say that it is an ensemble show similar to Friends, where, you know, those main five are in every
0: episode. Yes, but I would say that there's... No question if I told you that, you know, Leonard, Sheldon, and Penny were the main three characters. Of course, yeah. Whereas in Friends, you could have that discussion pretty much all day long as you go in and out of seasons.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we have, like, you know, just a couple of sections now. We're getting a bit long in the tooth here. So, Lucas, I'm going to allow you to pick what we choose to go through. So let me bring up the sections here so we have. Um, recurring themes and elements, which include science, nerd media, Leonard and Penny's relationship... Sheldon and Amy's relationship, Soft Kitty Howard's mother, the apartment building elevator and vanity cards, or reception?
0: I think specifically we should talk about, like, you know, the nerd representation in this show.
1: Okay, so this is now the subheading, recurring themes and elements, and the sub-subheading, nerd in quotation marks. That's how you know it. Nerd media. So, yeah. the, the four main male characters are all avid fans of nerd culture. Among their shared interests are science fiction, fantasy, comic books, and collecting memorabilia. And, and I think one of the criticisms of the show, isn't it, is that they, 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 they like everything on such a superficial level. Mm-hmm. And then I realized as I got an older, no, that's what nerds are like. They only want to like it for the sake of being viewed to like it. Very rarely do nerds actually have a genuine enthusiasm, so at least the kind of nerds portrayed in that show.
0: I guess it's kind of like us with Wiki Weekends, where people mm-hmm. assume that we know a bunch about comics sometimes, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, for the most part, we read a wiki page on a character for half an hour, forget most of the info, move on with our lives. Yeah, and, you know, liking
1: something casually is perfectly fine, but I think one of the criticisms going to show, at least from people who self-identify as nerds, is that, like it's so so like surface level the converse, like the conversation the jokes around the stuff of, like they'll just say like um i like, i don't know any can't recall any examples i want like a the aquaman thing that's like, what i joke,
0: was going to mention yeah
1: like oh because it is pop culture pop culture osmosis people know that aquaman sucks but if you ask any comic fan does aquaman suck They're like no he doesn't he's actually super fucking powerful and that's what a nerd, yeah. an actual nerd would have in response to that But because they're not writing for the nerds, they're writing for the people
0: who like, kind of like comic books, but don't really give too much shit about it. Sometimes. They've watched Family Guy and know the meme about yeah. Aquaman being a joke, quote unquote character, but yeah, these people, these four nerd characters are meant to be portrayed as the most hyper, super mega nerds that know everything, and then mm-hmm. it's like, they're taking the piss out of Aquaman going, oh, he's the one in Justice League nobody likes to dress up as. It's like, mm-hmm. no, comic book fans know that Aquaman isn't a joke.
1: Yeah, they like Aquaman. Star Trek, um, is, in particular, is frequently referenced with Sheldon, identifying strongly with the character of Spock. Which makes sense. There's a, there is a distinct visual similarity between Jim Parsons and Leonard
0: Nimoy. A I little bit, seen. yeah, and um, I'm surprised that the, the amount of Star Trek cameos they've got in the Big Bang Theory. It's like They've had uh, so many cameos. The, uh, the, off the top of my head, I know they've had um, I've got Leonard them, Nimoy, George Takei, and Will Wheaton um, yep. prominently as well.
1: Yep. And William Shatner appeared in one, and LeVar Burton yeah. as well as Brett Spiner. Yeah, playing yeah. fictionalised versions of themselves. Um, they're also fans of Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica and Doctor Who, James Earl Jones, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill have all made guest appearances.
0: And this is how you know it it got big when like they yep. can pretty much pull any you know, name out of nerd culture that they want and be like, you're gonna come and make a cameo on our show, right?
2: Yeah,
1: it's like um the the fact that they can just say, Hey, we wanna get um George Takei on an episode. Not to be well, the actual real life scientists they got in. Are uh, the actual like real important people like they got Stephen Hawking on a couple episodes. Oh yeah, shit. Now, they had Stephen Hawking, like actual astronauts and astrophysicists, and a bunch of cameos like that. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's crazy. That's what I mean. It was a cultural juggernaut. So I know like, if we mention it to people who are around our age, that, like, oh, Big Bang Theory sucks. Like, this was really
2: popular, though.
0: And I, I think, you know, the first few seasons, it's um, kind of a, a bit more liked by more people, especially, you know,. I think a, a lot of people that I've spoken to, the you know, nerdy, geeky people like myself mm-hmm. and you, I like, quite enjoyed the idea to start with because it was, mm-hmm. oh, it's a show about geeks. Cool, this is for us. And then it's you slowly realise over time that, like, oh, no, it's not. And then I think they did an okay-ish job of making it bearable to start with, but yeah. the episode that lost me was just when they get stuck, like, on the side of the road doing, like, the Star Trek um, cosplay photos and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. people start launching, like, um, milkshakes at them and stuff. And, it, like, the show actively says, like, look at how stupid they are for cosplaying. Yeah, look at how pathetic
1: these characters are for, like, trying, imbo- like having an interest that they take so seriously and is such a big, pivotal part of their lives. That is, like, yeah, it's that thing of, like... Uh, it is to nerd media what like I don't know, um, like police procedurals are. Mm. And, like CSI is to actual forensic science of like okay, you get the basic gist of what we're trying to do, but you get almost everything else wrong. We <laughs> say Speaking of comic books, so Wednesday night is the group's designated comic book night um, because that is the day of the week when new comic books are traditionally released. The comic book story is run by a fellow geek and recurring character, and yeah. I like Stuart. He's all right. On a number of occasions, they themselves have dressed up as pop culture characters, including The Flash, Aquaman, Frodo, Superman, Batman, Spock, The Doctor, Green Lantern, and Thor. And mm-hmm. then, you know, because it's Chuck Lorre, and you've got all that sexism in there, as a consequence of losing a bet, the group um, are forced to visit the comic book store dressed as Catwoman, Wonder Woman,
0: Batgirl, and Supergirl. Yep. And it's always those super cheap... Like inflatable esque muscle suits that, that, like you know, no actual nerd would go by to wear for an outfit.
1: But someone like you know, we don't want to shit on people. Like you want to show your fandom, but people uh, like that,
0: that
1: dedicated or supposedly that into this thing, would have like
0: prop accurate costumes, and they all have well-paying jobs, so can afford to get the good costumes. Right? Like they wouldn't be wearing like the hundred-dollar off-the-rack
1: Superman costume.
0: No, and you know, I've I've worn like cheap cosplays in the past, but yeah, you know, these people have the money and the know how and the passion to go out and get some better looking suits. So, so you put you see all the detail they put into like fucking building a penny a home PC TV setup or whatever mm. it was, and like all this shit. Like these are these are people who know what the fuck they're doing.
1: Yeah, and it says it. This is something I didn't actually know. So DC Comics announced that to promote its comics, the company was sponsoring Sheldon to wear Green Lantern t-shirts. because um, Sheldon, in New enough every episode, is wearing a DC character t-shirt, usually the Flash. Became, Flash like, you know, or it.
0: Green Lantern or something, yeah.
1: And a detail I kind of like, that's not mentioned here, but we've done an article on so I'll just reiterate it here, is that um, you can actually get a hint about what Sheldon's mood is going to be based on his shirt. And it's oh. kind of low-key genius, because the character, while never outright stated to be, um, is confirmed by the actor Jim Parsons to be autistic. He's always said, I, I play him as if he is autistic. I did a lot of research on it, and I've had a lot of people who have autism talking to me about how they relate to the character of Sheldon. He's just heavily, never con-
0: like, He's heavily autistic-coded. But yeah. he's not ever mentioned on the show, I don't believe, to ever be autistic.
2: Yeah,
1: and a lot of criticism was levied against the show in its early seasons for, like, you know, portraying him as weird. And they can't. Mm. And to their credit, they do soften that in late seasons. And a lot of that has to do with Jim Parsons and the level of, like, creative control he had over his characters. But like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he did mm. a lot of his own independent research. And they say that because of that, he has trouble expressing his feelings. A lot of the time, he'll try and do that through his clothing. And it's only something that someone who's really into comics would notice. So, for example, like when he's wearing like um, Flash T-shirts and stuff like that. So, like, you know, his general, his default mood. Mm-hmm. But if he's in a bad mood, you'll see him wear sometimes a red Green Lantern shirt. And red Green Lanterns, people don't know. You know, remember, Lucas?
0: Red Lanterns is just anger, right? They're angry, yes. And then
1: sometimes he'll wear a blue one, which is uh, love or compassion, I think. Or mm-hmm. hope another one's a pink one. Like, when he first meets Amy, I think he wears a pink one, which is love. Oh, okay. And just little things like that. If you look at the outfits he wears, you can get a detail about his mood and how he feels
0: in that scene. Yeah, as you say, that is pretty low-key, really clever.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, this is a character who struggles to express himself through his words, so tries to do through his outfits. And that's something Jim Parsons talks about, of, like, there are a lot of little subtle things I did after speaking to people with autism or people who, like, you know know people with autism. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's notes. cool
1: detail. Yeah, and I just I thought it was and the only time it ever pissed me off is that when they have an episode where he, he's in, intensely jealous and they make him red because he's angry. It's like, no, because jealousy on the Green Lantern Spectrum
2: it's is green. orange.
0: It's orange. Oh on the on the Green Lantern Spectrum. Yeah, it like I, I was orange like, orange one. I just thought you were talking about the colour associated with Envy and I was like, Oh well, green for Green envy with Envy, yes, it's but yeah. it's like
1: in the Green Lantern universe, orange is the colour of avarice. Not red, mm-hmm. and it's like who would have thunk it? Big Bang Theory gets it wrong sometimes, but yeah. So I think we've we've learned a bit. Yeah, we've had a discussion there, but you know, there's much more to cover. But this is Wiki Weekends; we don't go into too much detail. So just a, a broad discussion about just like Big
0: Bang theory. theory. Just like Big Bang Theory, to, to, we're not going go to actually get it.
1: into any of the issues. <laughs> oh dear! Just, yeah, we talked there for longer than two episodes of season ten of Big Bang Theory. There's Holy more shit. content in like the wiki. It was discussing one course of the wiki page, and there is in two episodes of the final season.
0: So, is it time for adverts, Carl? It's time for adverts. Yes, well, Lucas. So, Carl, that was just my funny little way, funny to me at least, to try and introduce ourselves to our our, our break segment within the podcast. But we, unlike the Big Bang Theory, do try to regulate how many, you know advert breaks in. that we have during our podcast and stuff and we like to just have a nice midpoint break here and I guess if you are looking to sponsor the podcast, as we've mentioned before, you can mm-hmm. contact us at wikiweekends at gmail dot com. Uh that is in the description below. Mm-hmm. And here is where we would like to, you know, place a sponsored segment for you if you're interested. But Carl, we haven't got a sponsor. we yeah,
1: so let's promote our own stuff, I guess. So you're We are our own stuff, sponsor. Yeah, why not? That's the thing. we got to go plug some other stuff, I'll plug our own.
0: So yeah, uh, I guess you can just go follow me over on twitch.tv slash legendofcanto and I am currently doing a, a Resident Evil 4 knife-only challenge run. i oh
1: To be honest, knifing them ganados.
0: Yeah, I'm doing that on Monday nights and then tunic Tuesdays on my Zelda nights and then I couldn't find good alliteration for Thursday with Pokemon, but Thursday is my Pokemon night. Mm-hmm. It's like turns out there are two Pokemon that start with like the th sound, and that's Thunderous and Throw. And oh. neither of them are Pokemon or names that are ideal for like Throw Thursdays. I'm like, yeah. people, what does that mean? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um... Like for my end,
1: I also have a Twitch stream. Um, every Friday night, I will play Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I have a bunch of dumb <laughs> stuff associated with it. I have um, uh, like specified em- like specific emotes, including like you know the Nana machine Sunny emote from Armstrong. <laughs> every time you sub to or follow my channel, it'll play a random quote from the game because you know why not? Why not lean into it? And the other thing I like to promote is that um, uh, my um, Harley Ray Rae Jepsen released a, a new single this week, so go listen to that. I know she doesn't need the promotion, but <laughs> I just thought she released a new song this week, and yeah, go listen to it. No,
0: Carly as, Bay. I was going to say, as Carly always refers to her, Carly Bay Jepsen. Did I ever tell you I had an ex
1: who got really mad that I used to say that? <laughs> like, because like I think my phone background for a joke was a, a picture of Carly Rae Jepsen.
2: Mm.
1: I did it as my phone background. It was really funny because like I used to make that joke all the time. It's like, who's that? I went, it's Carly Rae Jepsen. It's like, oh, it's just a singer that I like. It's really funny. I had a crush on when I was younger, so I thought I'd make my background. It's like, why have you got another girl as your background? So he thought, I'll change it if you want. But then when I'd listen to, like, Carly Rae Jets, and you get that Spotify thing pop up. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you looking at pictures? It's like, no, it's just the album. I like her song.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you can find Carl over at twitch.tv slash carlswood. And, again, everybody's, you know, links and stuff can be found in the descriptions, all our socials, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I guess the only thing else to say is, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, comment which wiki won this week and just mm-hmm. give us a like, subscribe, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Um, but anyway, back to the rest of the podcast. And yeah, as I said, Carl, I also picked a TV show. You did? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, I don't know if I am. I'm already regretting picking what I picked. <sighs> that means it's a good one, though.
2: That's, <laughs> I that I'm resigned hoping.
0: sigh... I'm hoping because I just watched a couple of episodes of it in okay. the background because I was like, I need something to turn my brain off to while I play some more Tears of the Kingdom.
1: Okay, I'm ready. Let me just wait a minute. <sighs> no, I'm ready. Go on.
0: Lay it on me. Are you ready to talk about the DC show Titans?
1: Ooh, <laughs> I am because Lucas, I've watched every episode. You've watched every episode. I've watched
0: every episode. Okay, so I the only episodes I watched um, this was you know like in the last week, mm-hmm. um, I literally was I know at the end of season one there's a Batman thing, mm-hmm. so I just turned on the last episode of the season because bear in mind I've tried watching the first couple in the past and yeah. pieced the fuck out, but then I decided well what's the Batman thing right? So I went to the end of episode. At uh, the end of season one, so that's like episode 11, mm-hmm. watched the recap, watched that episode, and then I watched, I think, the first two episodes of season two where they follow up upon that story. Ah, We'll get into how much of a train wreck I thought it was, Carl. Yeah, so for me, have you ever seen the film
1: Without a Paddle?
0: A long time ago.
1: So there's a joke in that where like, they all get really high... And when they're getting high, they're confessing stuff. One of the guys goes, I watched a gay porno once. The girls okay. never showed up. I was waiting for the girls to show up. And look, for me, it was like that with Titans, where it's like, it never got good. But I kept watching, because like, well, it's going to get good, right? And then it never got good. It never got good, Lucas. It never got good.
0: I, I knew that the reception for season one was not good, but was intrigued what they do with the Batmaners. Robin famously said... Near the start of the show, fuck Batman. Somehow. It's my,
1: my favourite bit. It start, literally <laughs> opens with Robin saying, fuck Batman. And it's like, I thought, okay, cringe. Cringe is fuck. But maybe DC have realised that not everything has to be about Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can tell a story without Batman. They couldn't make it one season before Batman's in it. They it's could like, not. What a way to admit that you're creatively bankrupt. Like, we can't make a show without going,
0: without Batman. Nope. And it just shows as well, because it was not long after Gotham happened, where they pledged that this is a show about Jim fucking Gordon. And they could not help themselves to immediately start putting Batman, Catwoman, Joker, Penguin, etc. And, you know, villains, I didn't have a problem with. Because if you want to have the, the story of how Jim Gordon dealt with the Penguin being this mobster and gangster and trying to control Gotham yeah. before Batman was around, that could be cool. But it's ostensibly just... an interesting story of, like, what the fuck did Gotham do with all these
1: super villains before Batman turned up? That's mm-hmm. an interesting premise for a show of, like, how did the Gotham PD deal with, like, Bane before Batman <laughs> showed up? What the fuck
0: are you going to do when Bane shows up? And he's like, apparently well, nothing. What they're going to do is introduce Batman in, I think, about season two. So, it, yeah, um, yeah. it just, you know, it, again, they couldn't help themselves. Batman straight away in season one after saying fuck Batman and having a ostensibly Teen Titans based show. We're never getting it, mate. And, the, the best Teen Titans show is still the cartoon. And even Teen Titans Go is pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Um, it's like, it's really fun. It's yeah. It's really yeah. fun. It's definitely like, a different type of you know, art, art style and humour than Teen Titans younger, yeah. was, but both of them are, are good in their own different ways. Yeah. Teen Titans Go certainly skews younger, but it's still really good. And there's a lot of like real deep
1: cuts there. If you imagine Big Bang Theory having like these like surface-level references, there's a lot of like
0: real deep pulls in that Teen Titans Go show. And when we talked about the fact that in Big Bang Theory and similar sitcoms, you can pause and wait for every joke... Teen Titans Go is just, yeah, it, jokes per second. It is, yeah. It's like imagine just it's Teen Titans for people who watch TikToks. <laughs> and I guess we've got to get into Titans because I decided to talk about this train wreck that was, and we will just be saying fuck it to spoilers. Yeah. So if you are sensitive to spoilers for this show. I would recommend not caring about this show, because it's not worth caring about. It's the thing, it spoils itself. Yeah, <laughs> like, is it, They can't help themselves. They cannot, and I think it says a lot that we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. Batman is not the main villain of the end of season one. They try but so hard to make it
1: like he is though, don't they?
0: They, they make it the entire episode to look like the problem has now become Batman.
1: Yeah, oh no, Batman's gone evil. And it's like, what the fuck do you do against Batman? And it's like, oh, it turns out he's not evil. It's actually mm-hmm. a dream. Which means that like, they didn't even have the balls to put Batman in the show. It's a like,
0: dream Batman. That you never actually see Batman either in the season one, and clearly they just hadn't cast anybody yet, which they do in season two, but yeah. just Let's get into it, shall we, Carl? Yeah, I will say that about that scene.
1: Divorced of context, that is a very cool scene, and it showcases how scary Batman will be to fight. Where it's like fifteen guys with machine guns walk into a dark room, and Batman <laughs> like kills
0: them all. Just that would be know, terrifying. everyone in seconds, and yeah. it's that's how Batman, no hold bars, would be. Mm-hmm. But yes, Titans is an American superhero television series. Created by Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Johns, and Greg Berlanti, based on the DC Comics superhero team, the Teen Titans, the series depicts the series depicts a group of young heroes who join forces in their fight against evil. Mm-hmm. Featured as members of the ep- the eponymous, th- featured as members of the eponymous Titans, Dick Grayson, Corey Anders, Rachel Roth, Gar Logan. Jason Todd, Donna Troy, Hank Hall, Dawn Granger, Rose Wilson, Connor Ken, and Tim Drake. hmm It becomes quite an eclectic cast of how many robins can we fit in the Teen Titans.
1: It's also as well, like, the characters are kind of fun.
0: But my problem
1: with it is, is that the Teen Titans cartoon, it's like, it is, it's so good at riding that line between serious and funny. Mm-hmm. Which you could do with like in live action, you could have like a, a show that deals with serious issues but has the light heart elements. My issue is though, they kill so many people in that show. They <laughs> ki- it's like when you watch like the Green Arrow show and just Green Arrow shoots someone every single episode. It's like how am I supposed to root for a character who shot someone every episode for twenty episodes straight?
0: Because by the end of season one, he realizes that that's a bad thing to do. So. He should be forgiven for all his sins, but then yeah. keep going and being a vigilante and not murdering in the uh, the
2: seasons. And, and that's following.
1: the thing, yeah. It's like by the end of season one in like Arrow, like he is the biggest mass murderer that city's ever seen. Like he <laughs> yeah. is in arguably the worst villain in that show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the same thing with Titans, where they keep trying to have these like you know these teenage melodrama bits. Well, I'd have been happy with the teenage melodrama stuff mm-hmm. if they didn't just like intersperse that with like viciously beating people half to death.
0: Because it again, like many DC things having the problem since the Dark Knight trilogy happened, they take themselves way too seriously.
1: Yeah, which just clashes horribly with the town of teenagers with superpowers, which they could have done. I would have been very, like, you know, do you know what show did that well? Young Justice, which was incredible. Yes,
0: yes, really good.
1: Or Teen Titans!
0: That's the thing. If you want a fix, a Teen Titans... Don't watch Titans. You've got Young Justice, Teen Titans, and Teen Titans go that all have different flavours of doing the Teen Titans characters and the DC Teen characters well.
2: Yeah. There's
0: Um, already a better version of this show that exists. Yeah, in multiple ways. (laughs) And it's just I mean, I don't I know that this clearly did not have much of a budget, but it's, it's fucking Warner Brothers. It's th- there's <laughs> it's no It's
1: fucking Warner Brothers. It is. <laughs> but, they own everything.
0: But they like to spend a little and get a lot back. Yeah. And it's just the idea that they wanted live-action team titans, but well, we can't afford to have a cyborg man okay. in the budget. That's because fair enough, yeah. The CGI would have to be constant in every scene. And then, how about we put Beast Boy in, but he can only turn into a tiger, and he will only use that power once every two episodes. The fact that, even in the latest season, he can't
1: turn into any other animal. (laughs) I I was like pulling my hair out of just like, how. Do you know that thing of like, when you watch like the the classic Star Trek, of like, you show them use like their gun to solve every problem? It's like, why don't you just do that? It's like the amount of times I'm looking like, turn into a tiger.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and he's like He's like hiding didn't from. Didn't have any budget left for the episode. He's like, okay. he's like hiding from villains, or like, I don't know what to do. like. Turn into a tiger. <laughs> turn, and the fact that he only ever turns into a tiger, and he never thinks like cause that's the, one of the interesting things about Beast Boy is that how, how's he going to get out? What the creative problem solving that he comes up with with his powers of like one episode where like you know Cyborg throws him as like a vol, and he turns into a blue whale halfway through.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just uh, why. <laughs> If you could turn into one animal out of any animal, you would probably be fuck it. Let's turn into a giant blue whale and just jump from rooftops and crush people. It's that's one of the things, like the fact that he only
1: ever turns into a tiger, and very rarely,
0: very very rarely. So that's (sighs) one character missing. One character with just a a non move set essentially, and then. I think Starfire CG looks real bad on her it powers, and then wolf, yeah. she's super neutered again in terms of not being able to fly and, you know, do all of her extra stuff. It's just she kind of shoots a bit of fire out of her hand.
2: Yeah, and I will um, say,
1: characterization wise she is closer to her comic counterpart, where she is a very sexually charged character, and mm-hmm. they portray it in the show, where she's, like, you know, flirting with a fucking lot of men. But I'll say, like, that's the one time where I don't mind you deviating from the comics because that comic trope is really fucking sexist. And yeah. the Starfire and the Teen Titans show was much better because it was like fish out of water, and that led to a lot of comedy.
0: Yeah, they, and the they, really, was wanted, more innocent. they really wanted to have Robin and Starfire be adults and then um, Raven and Beast Boy be teenagers, so you keep the Teen Titans aspect of it. But, oh, now we can show... Robin and Starfire being able to go and fuck around,
2: yeah.
0: So it's just as a fan of the original,
1: I much preferred when it was like innocent flirtation because mm-hmm. you know that's like what, what being a teenager was like. You know, when you watched when I watched the show as a teenager, I liked that, and as an adult watching it, it's like, oh yeah, you know, that's what being a teenager was like. It just reminds me of that thing like you know innocent teenage flirtation. I don't need to see them kill people.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
2: just
0: oh, it it. Really hurts me to just see that picture of i. I don't associate. I'm just gonna go any look at a the, picture of the cast now. To, yeah, I want like, to look at the Even the, the original four. I'm just looking at a picture of them here. Is that? I guess Robin kind of looks like dark, gritty Robin does, but then like even Raven, who at least has the grey skin. Some, yeah. Well, she's got pale skin. She's like, still yeah a, a white and girl, she, and she's like, the picture. thing on her head as well. Uh, she doesn't in this picture. She no. she gets at the start of season two. So they weren't even willing to commit to the diamond in the head yeah. look for Raven yet, and
1: oh, I I almost forgot as well. Then, I forgot about Dove and Hawk, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they I come, forgot about they in. just put in like adults. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. oh they put in like Kimiko but not Kimiko. Oh, is, little, is that little, who... little baby Kimiko with the eye patch.
0: Oh, right, okay. Slade's daughter. Oh, And, yeah, as I say, I've only watched a few of these episodes, but that was enough for, A, for me to watch the first two, I think, episodes of season one and say, I don't want to watch this anymore, and then yeah. just going, well, what does the Batman bit look like at least? And it was just, it was a bit better, but not much better, and then... As we say, it all turns out to be a dream, Carl.
2: Of course it does, yeah,
0: because that's cheaper. So, I guess we can do a quick bit of premise, and then I'll talk about my, my rage and frustration. Do it, yeah. I'm just looking at the
1: screenshots. Like, they even put
0: Crypto the Superdog in
1: it.
2: Yeah,
0: but they, they tease Super... I presume Superboy, not Superman, and then yeah, Crypto Superboy. the Superdog at the end of season 1 and again they just couldn't help themselves they had to at the last minute of you know season 1 just be like here's batman here's superboy here's uh, like trigon which is fair enough here's crypto the superdog it's just calm down
1: i Do you know the best bit about superboy is as well like he's superman so he's completely invincible mm-hmm. they have multiple times where they have fist fights and like superboy won't help
0: because they don't want him to because he's have, they, too they, powerful or something.
1: No, they have bits where it's like, okay, we need to break into this army thing. And you have Robin saying, I'll do it. And it's like, Superboy's right there. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's that thing of like, obviously, it's the budget cat. It's that Superman problem, isn't it? Like the Justice League of mm-hmm. Superman will just walk in and solve the problem. So like, if you watch like Justice League Unlimited, they always have Superman conveniently busy mm-hmm. saving the day somewhere else. Because if he's there, it makes no sense why you're having a discussion about what you're going to do to solve the problem. But they just have it, and they'll they'll show Superboy just sat eating a sandwich while they're discussing we don't know what to do against this. Superboy's right there. (laughs) He's invincible.
0: It's that thing, isn't it, of when you've got characters like Green Arrow and Batman sitting in a room with Superman and the Flash. Superman and the Flash can ostensibly beat the Justice League if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, Batman's basically admin. In a lot of the comics, <laughs> he, he bankrolls them and works admin.
0: And we're, you know, being hyperbolic for the sake of comedy here, like,
2: don't I mean, come a, yeah. in the
0: comments of, like, oh, well, Batman does this and Wonder Woman provides this. It's Superman and the Flash alone are so powerful. And Wonder Woman is also up there as well. Yeah. But when you've got Green Arrow and the Batman and Marvel's and man next to Earth each other, and is that Cyborg, yeah. and,
2: and that's like, the, the, the
1: thing. I don't mind that they're there. It's just that I don't like when you've got Robin talking about, I should be in charge, I should lead the charge on this dangerous mission, when the bulletproof, invincible person with laser (laughs) eyes is sat next to him.
0: And that's another thing that they couldn't help themselves with, and it does make a bit more sense when it's an aged-up Robin that's already Mm -hmm. said, fuck Batman straight away, is just introducing Dick Grayson almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it does make sense with Robin being so much older, but that again, so many of these things could have been a wait for season two moments, because you know it's not hard to tell a good story with the base few characters of Teen Titans. It's really not. Do you know what I've noticed while so I'm looking at some of the posters for Titans, and they
1: just straight up fucking lie on the posters sometimes because they show Beast Boy. Oh, really? with,
0: they show Beast Boy with green
1: skin. Yeah,
2: so they're that's showing like another...
1: mid transformation and stuff because people don't know Beast Boy. One of the reasons why he's green skin is because he was experimented on. And he's ostracized and becomes a part of a freak show. And the reason why he ends up joining the Teen Titans is because he, he finds that sense of belonging. And they kind of have that in the show. It's like people pick on him for having green hair.
0: And it's like, Luke's is son with brightly colored hair do you buy for a second? I mean, people can't tell very much, but I do, yeah. I do color my hair. I have a bit of pink in it at the moment. But he's ostracized when you clearly see that three of the four characters in that original main cast all have brightly colored hair. Yeah. It's like I know they're not ostracizing him, but clearly it's not an uncommon thing but uh Titans follows the young superheroes of the eponymous team as they combat evil and other perils. I don't know what else they're fighting, just perils, perils, like perils, sure uh disbanded when the story begins, the series sees the team return when the original and new members reform the Titans, but it's just straight I away. I forgot the episode one, Titans the Titans are done. The Titans are over. Oh, it was in media res, and then there's whatever the fuck that shit is.
2: <laughs> so oh. the Titans
0: fight crime throughout various locations, including Detroit, San Francisco, Gotham City, and Metropolis. So wherever it's cheapest to film, got it. Yep. Um So the first members of the team to appear in a series are Batman's former vigilante partner, Dick Grayson, known as Robin, Uh, extraterrestrial Corey Anders, who is Starfire, empath Rachel Roth, who is Raven, and shapeshifter, slash maybe not shapeshifter in this show, Gar Logan, who is not Beast Boy, but is Beast Boy.
1: Is he even a shapeshifter, if you can turn into one thing? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They should just call him Tiger Man. Tiger Man. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm reminded. I remember like Justice Legal Limited. There's a great episode of that where it's like all the heavy hitters are busy with like some thick shit in space. Mm. They have a parade, and they have to send the fucking jobbers down to the parade, and all the <laughs> crowds like, ooh, the like shining night and stuff like that. Oh, ooh, the no. fuck are these idiots? And they, they have to deal with the fact like, oh yeah, God, like we're like total jobbers. No one knows who we are because Superman just saves the day. They could have done that. They could have like, played off that like, insecurity heroes might have
0: like in a world where Batman and Superman exist. What the fuck is Robin going to do? Speaking of jobbers, Carl. Okay. Dick, Gray and is later, Dick Grayson is later revealed as one of the original Titans alongside half-Amazon Donna Troy and crime-fighting duo Dawn Granger and Hank Hall, a.k.a. Dove and Hawk.
1: God, I, they should have got their own show so they could stay the fuck away from Titans. The actors are great, but it's, it's so weird because they're clearly mid 30s to 40s. Yeah. yeah and they, they try are, and talk about how. They're very
0: adult. Like,
1: and they're talking to like Robin, of like, we were all part of the same team together. It's like Robin is clearly like 15 years younger than them. It's <laughs> so
2: weird.
0: And I don't actually have too much of a problem with what I saw of the cast, to be honest. The
1: cast are fun, they've got good chemistry
0: they they were doing a good job with the schlock they got given and i actually think one of the the standouts of you know again playing the character that they've been written well was um not dick Grayson, jason todd yeah he plays like, like, a little shit as the the shit in robin that's like nah man i'm the best i was like yeah i dislike your character, but in the sense of like, he's doing a good job in that role. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm hot shit, I'm the new Robin.
1: Mm-hmm. Fuck you. And- he's also the only one who looks like he's having any fun. Exactly. He's the only one who looks like he's having <laughs> fun being a superhero. But these shows are supposed to be like, you know, oh, I'm watching this, as escapism, and it's like, oh, being a superhero must be great, and it's just them
0: crying because their lives are shit. It's like, oh, my well, like shit, and I ain't got a billion dollars. Well... Speaking of when life gets shit, Carl, I'm just going to go to it because I watched, as I say, the recap from season one, episode 11, Mm -hmm. where it tells you what's happened so far in a couple of minutes. And then next thing you know, Dick Grayson is lying in a pool in his garden where his kid runs out and, like, comes and plays with him. And then Dove, his wife, is pregnant with a second child. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Jason Todd comes in a wheelchair to his house and says Batman's gonna kill the Joker.
1: Yeah, and it's as well that I mentioned like, the age of the actors there. That's really uncomfortable. They mentioned that I, Jason, uh, Dick Grayson had a relationship with Dove. I, I think in the flashbacks he looks really young. They they like play him to be quite. It's like
2: hang yeah. on,
0: because I th- you know he's meant to have just. Recently, been part of the Teen Titans, so he's meant to be young adult. Yeah, and then as teen you say, t- like, the emphasis is on teen And uh, obviously, Dove and Hawk also part of that team. But as you say, there does look like there's an age despite especially like Hawk. Hawk looks like he's got a good ten years on Dick yeah,
1: I think it's well because the actor is just so massive. Yeah, like, he's he's a huge dude. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. I just wish it just doesn't suit that show,
0: but yeah, it, it's just very strange. And uh, you know, it's Gotham is way worse than it was. Uh, do you remember the Riddler? Well, I went in to fight the Riddler. It turns out Riddler uses guns now and shot me in the spine, and I'm paralyzed. <gasps> and that's from that's from Jason Todd. And it's, what? It, oh yeah, Commissioner Gordon's dead. Okay, Gotham's gone to absolute shit, and Batman's about to cross the line. And Lucas. You- Edge. You know what happens if if Batman crosses the line, right? It's like he, there's no coming back, and the only person that could save him is you, Dick. How many people have the Titans
1: killed at that point? <laughs> how many people have like dove, how many people have like Dove and Hawk killed? <laughs> That's what makes the show so annoying. Mm-hmm. So let's me. It's the same thing that Arrow kept doing. Where like. Oliver Queen shoots someone in every episode of season 1. He kills a person. And then in all his flashbacks, he's murdering people left, right, and centre.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we're chasing this guy. He shot a woman. He's like, okay, that's terrible. <laughs> How many people have you shot? And it's that thing of, like, they keep framing it as if, like, the character has any sort of moral high ground.
0: Because, obviously, they have the big bad of each season where, yeah, they're going to destroy our whole city, but what have you got to do in the meantime? I'll take down some drug dealers. It's like, oh alright, you're a mass murderer though, mate. <laughs> How many notches are on those arrows? But so I like Red Hood. It's that whole thing of like the Batman
1: quote of like, oh, if you kill if you kill someone, if you kill a murderer, the number of murderers in the world remains the same. So like Red Hood's like, okay, so kill 20, got it. <laughs> so wait, no, 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 don't do that.
0: <laughs> Just, he's
1: like, okay, got it, Batman.
0: Beep, 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 Danny DeVito. <laughs> So that, is, that is what's terrifying about Red Hood. Is yeah, that he's like, he just, shoot them all. Batman's like, I'm never going to use a gun, because that's what killed my parents, and I'm, I'm never going to cross the line and kill a person, even though we you know he definitely does. Um, he at least kills a few people. Exactly, many people. But yeah, just Red Hood's like, fuck it. It's like, get guns are going. And um, yeah, so you get all that uh, backstory about Batman. And then Dick Grayson goes to, you know, a terrible Gotham because this prostitution is the most awry. Like, they could not make it more clear 20 times. There's a lot of prostitutes here. But it's, it's, it's lousy with prostitutes. Um, so. As you all know,
1: the, what, the sign of cultural decline is the presence of the world's oldest profession.
0: <laughs> book up. You know, there's prostitutes everywhere. Yeah. It's crawling with people punching each other and a lot of prostitutes. Why does anyone live in there? <laughs> I don't know. It's just that thing in it of, like, why the fuck does anyone live there? And then the It's, it's gets, like a
1: war zone. I mean, like, that's the... I remember yeah. watching this episode. It's a war zone. And then he you go gets, to... And the next episode, you see where he's living. It's like, he's perfectly fine. It's like, why the fuck is anyone there?
0: Because, <laughs> um, yeah, Dick Grayson gets in a taxi at the airport just waiting in the taxi rank, And he goes, oh, can I go downtown? He's like, d- I don't do downtown. Can I go to Midtown? I don't do Midtown. He's like, okay, so why are you a taxi driver then? That's a I tell get you. that Gotham is shit, but you are just eliminating your entire business by not driving anywhere in Gotham. Yeah. And anyway, uh, he goes, you know, something like Batman, like Dick Grayson reaches out or tries to, uh, Batman doesn't. You know, reach back, and then mm-hmm. Joker turns out he's been thrown off a building into a car. Oh, um, no, Batman not the tried Joker. To, <laughs> Batman tried to kill him, but failed. You um, so so do, do he, that right. No, he, he he failed his first murder, and then uh, the Joker's you know in critical condition in the hospital. Robin goes, like, look, Batman, you I know you tried to cross the line, but you haven't yet. You still can be redeemed. So then, what Batman does? is he says, all right, bet. And he murders Joker in critical condition in the hospital. And then immediately goes to Arkham Asylum, murders everyone. And it's not just the supervillains. He murders the actual, you know, just clinically insane regular people in there. He kills the guards. He kills the nurses. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you've immediately gone from what could have been an interesting story to Batman's completely irredeemable. Yeah, just realize, Wow, it's super easy. <laughs> yes. It's so easy to just kill everyone. Oh, uh, and
1: although I, I am and I know there's like a long-winded comic explanation for why Batman doesn't, I will never get why he doesn't kill the Joker. I just, just specifically, the Joker, They always say, "Oh, it's a slippery slope." It's like, but it's called the slippery slope fallacy. Mm-hmm. It's like the Joker is irredeemably evil and has killed like tens of thousands of people. He's responsible untold. Misery and carnage, fucking. And is that thing like where do you draw the line? Okay, after like your hundredth murder. Let's just say maybe after you killed a hundred people, then you get the death penalty. And oh, there's, there's, there's like taxing you know, billionaires.
0: Maybe, maybe when he murders one of his proteges in cold blood. Mm. Maybe when he shows up at Barbara Gordon's fucking front door and just shoots her in the spine. Yeah, do you
1: like know that thing of, like, taxing billionaires? Like, where does it stop? How about after you've earned, like, your second billion dollars? <laughs> how about that? That's how much money you're allowed to. So it's like that thing of, like, once you've killed your hundredth person, then you get the death penalty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, yeah, like, it's always portrayed as, well, Batman's such an unstable character that the moment he breaks that rule once with Joker, he will do what he did in this show, of just murder everyone in sight. Mm-hmm. Well, no nuance. He will never stop murdering everything at that point. It? Okay, sure, Batman's completely insane as well, but I don't think that... I still think, yeah, the greater good would just be t- to get rid of Joker. And I'm pretty sure all well, that all ends up being a dream. So, yeah, it does all end up being a dream, but because, you know, know what, that show would be too interesting.
2: But it's, before it's that,
0: Before that, you have to get a scene where um, Dick Grayson then is like, Batman, I've had enough, we're coming in to get you alive. Um, they send in, you know, a bunch of the Gotham PD mm-hmm. with, like, machine guns and shotguns and demolition experts and the captain and then also Starfire just behind the lines as well. And, yeah, Batman just... As you say, in quite a cool scene, Batman murders just every single cop in a dark room instantly at the moment they turn into the Batcave. Just like, they get in, the lights go out, Batman just murders everyone with a batarang to the throat, Mm and then Starfire shows up, and Batman's like, you know, stood with his back to Starfire, and Starfire thinks... Oh yes, of all characters, I have the drop on Batman. Yeah, the Batman guy just be- turns around and freezes him to death. This just that thing, isn't it? Like, I've got the drop on Batman, that guy who beats up
1: Superman on the reg- <laughs> way. The guy who Superman's scared of. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a drop on him.
2: Um
0: so then they just drop a building on Batman, they drop Wayne Mansion on top of Batman, and then Robin goes and murders Batman, and it turns out it was all a dream. That whole five years was a dream to try and convince Dick Grayson to become evil for Trigon.
1: And the only reason it existed is so they can put stuff that was interesting in the trailer to convince you to watch it.
0: Exactly. And Uh, again, they don't have a Bruce Wayne. They don't ever show Batman's face because they haven't cast him for the next season yet. And it's all just a bullshit hypothetical to, as you say, get people hype and get people like myself sticking around because it's like, well... I, d- I wasn't interested in the first couple of episodes, but they did show a trailer where like Batman. Dick Grayson and Batman come to a head. Like that could be interesting. So is there any trope that puts you off watching something harder
1: than it was a dream? Probably it's not. Because like, that's the things that like most like shows at least wait till the ending to do that, so you feel pissed off, but you've already watched it. They, at least this, you're like, done with it. Yeah, yeah that's mean. You, they see it, but it's like thinking like, ah, I already watched the entire thing. Fuck you. This one episode two of like season two it's like so you've already you've pulled the rug out from under me but you've not done the thing you should save that for the end of the season
0: well it was the end of the sea it was the end of season one but that was se- yeah an the interesting premise for the end of the first season and it turns out it was all just a fucking goddamn dream that didn't mean jack shit but lucas wasn't it real cool when batman showed it and killed everyone I admit that one action scene with Batman was done relatively well. Doesn't it feel good when the universe has no stakes? Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel
2: good
1: watching media where there's no stakes?
0: And then obviously, um, you know, Trigon just at the start of season two then makes them all bad evil in a matter of seconds Mm -hmm. rather than the five years it needed to turn Dick Grayson because apparently... Well, the moment Dick Grayson went evil, the rest of the Titans are basic. They were basically already there. Yeah, they're used they to that. He point. has to like look at them bad, um, and everyone else is like, "Let's get on board. Let's all go super evil." And then Hold obviously, down for murder,
2: yeah.
0: Raven just looks at Dick Grayson and goes, "Dick Grayson, you're a good guy, though." He's like, "Oh shit, yeah, I was. Okay, let's let's end Trigon." I, I forgot I, I was evil. I he he's a good guy. For how many people he like fucking viciously beats after <laughs> death? So, Trigon, you know, the season finale spent five years simulating Robin's life in his brain and manipulating him to become evil. And Raven goes, It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're a good guy. And he goes, Oh, shit, yeah. I forgot that. I did forget that. And then they all go against Trigon. And it's all and happily ever after.
2: Yeah.
0: Isn't that great? I hate when TV shows do that. Of,
1: like, the thing they, like, you know, leave the cliffhanger on gets solved in the first episode. Yeah, because they don't want to. Because they want to introduce a new big bad
0: that you then have to get hyped for to get because another season made. Of course, they didn't want to, you know, end season one on Trigon, because why would you do that in a Teen Titans show? It's like they could have at least ended that again. It could the end of the season could have at least been that of just getting rid of Trigon and then we set up. But they set up the idea that oh no, season two is going to be all about evil Dick Grayson and the Titans getting corrupted. And then it's just solved with Raven being like, "Yeah, but how about you don't?" Yeah. And I will say that maybe the the my favorite thing I I had subtitles on because I was say, which was just playing of Zelda. Course, and yeah. Wanted something in the background, and I think maybe my favorite thing is the fact that they captioned Dick Grayson as just Dick. <laughs> so it leads to when Dick Grayson is like playing with his kid. Just the caption, Dick growling, Dick's growling. Comes the,
1: it's, up, really, it's really, really immature, like...
0: but he's actually super funny. And then just he continues chasing him through the house. So it's like Dick continues growling. <laughs> just casually in the background, just seeing the caption, Dick continues growling. I'm it's like, just, oh, just gives you a little giggle, just a little giggle. And that was maybe the most enjoyment I had out of watching those
1: few episodes. I think the most enjoyment you can get out of that show is watching out of context clips
0: of like people like dressing him down, like, shut up, Dick. <laughs> and it it I know that it's just a nickname for Richard and we're being a little bit silly. A little bit immature. But sometimes it's just fun to be a bit immature and it's so I funny really... to see Batman say it. Like, dick, 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 dick. You really thought this has all come down to this.
1: It's like, yes, Batman. So you just take the screenshot out of context. Yeah. You? And be like, oh no, when your girl wants to go another round, it's like, dick, you're not
2: ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like... I just... I will just... You know, we've got critical response here. Well, we've um, already had the Lucas response, that's enough, right? The the Lucas response. What was the critical response? I'm curious. Bad. <laughs> the, <laughs> that, I hope he just says that doesn't critical <laughs> response bad so I guess this is um, I'm presuming this is audience because they go for Rotten Tomatoes Metacritic had 11 reviews of season 1 um, and it averaged 55 out of 100 Rating it's rough in it. You can't even get eleven
1: people to review that shit. <laughs>
0: and then Matt Craig didn't even have a season two or three rating because no. I guess no one deemed it worthy of reviewing after season one. Oh my god, um, there's, a,
1: there's a new new season out. That's
2: on that.
0: There is there's season four coming out, or that is out. And um, the Rotten Tomatoes, I again, I have to assume this is audience, are so not you know yeah. actual critics because these are surprisingly high. Of season one, a 78% positive rating, mm-hmm. 81% positivity on season two, and 100% positivity based on 20 reviews for season three. And I guess at that point, maybe it's just because the only people left watching are the people who really like it.
1: Yeah. Why do they not just lean into it being like melodrama? Like, Riverdale did really well, and mm-hmm. that's wank.
0: And I can see with the cast being good. If they uh, presumably it if it does get better, it does focus more on the interpersonal relationships. But mm-hmm. the the cast seemed decent. It just seemed to absolutely not have any confidence in its own premise and yeah. also have zero budget.
1: And they try to tell a story bigger than what the, it needed to be. So if you've got faith in your characters, just put it in Titans Tower. Cause this is the, I- the ideal show for a slice. Put it in Titans Tower have, like, one episode... First episode, all your budget, solve a crime. Mm-hmm. They all meet each other, they all become a team. Rest of the season, it's just them hanging out.
2: Yeah.
0: And,
1: and then, We, we why, talked about Big why... Bang Theory. Just have it, like, a show like that. where it's it's the and Just have, like, you know, will they, won't they between, like, Robin and Starfire, something like
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Done. And it's one of those of, like, I don't understand as well. I think it looked... They teased from where I was ending it that the villain then becomes Slade, And I think maybe, especially with the low budget of the first season, because they want to see how it does, you should probably open with Slade Wilson. As a villain, because it's a
1: guy in a costume, not a giant demon entity, which is way harder to replicate.
0: Even when Trigon does turn into actual Trigon, he's just like an eight foot tall goat man with four eyes. How
1: how do they not think, let's just make it Slade? Because Mm. he's just a guy in a costume. We can put exactly. anyone in that fucking thing.
0: It's so much cheaper to you. Low, already low budget. You are clearly low budget because you can't get more than one beast out of beast man. Why would you make Trigon like that villain already save it?
2: Yeah,
0: and they, they 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 again they can't help themselves. They can't save things for later. Seemingly with these kind of shows, and um, we mentioned earlier. There's yes. one thing I want to talk about as we close off here. Yes. Um, It says Arrowverse, and I was not aware that this was part of the Arrowverse crossover stuff as well.
1: It might have been Legends of Tomorrow like goes through time and shit. Is that what it is?
0: So, it says, main article, Crisis on Infinite Earths of Arrowverse. Of course that's it. It's like, the Titans incarnations of Hank Hall, Jason Todd, Rachel Roth, Corey Anders, and Dawn Granger make cameo appearances in the Arrowverse crossover event... Crisis on Infinite Earths um, with all of the people, you know, taking their respective roles through archival footage. Oh, so they didn't even get them. Oh, they couldn't even get them in for a, like, they couldn't get him
1: in for a five-minute cameo. <laughs> they had to just use archive footage. They couldn't even get them on the soundstage when they were doing, like, end of a season. Like, do you want know, to just do five minutes in costume <laughs> in front of a green screen? We can see you, like,
2: oh. no.
0: And that's one of the beauties of, like, you know, reading these wikis, like, taking yes. a glance at them beforehand, but I didn't realise that that moment was coming if, like, they couldn't even just get them as a cameo. Oh. And the events depicts Titans as being set on the world of Earth-9. Uh, Breck Bassinger appeared in the fourth episode. Dude, where's my gar? Um, and then... This doesn't. This is not a well-written here. Um, well written sentence. It's not a well written show. So no, it's not. And then it should have like some break in the sentence or something. But reprising her role as Stargirl from Stargirl, the series. God, that's a thing in Earth Two of the Arrowverse multiverse.
1: Yeah, Stargirl Girl and
2: Prime. Woo.
0: So I think what I'm saying is that Beast Boy also appeared reprising his role in the Stargirl show. Okay. So I think that's what he's trying to say there, but that, that one sentence was constructed very poorly and threw me off a lot. But yeah, they they at least, I guess, got the actor in for the show and not just like, oh, here's some archive footage. Oh, dear. Dear, oh, dear. And have you got any closing thoughts considering you've watched three seasons of this? I didn't realise there was a fourth season out, so I
1: guess you got to, be to watch that now. But <laughs> uh, My only thing is just... It had so much promise of a Teen Titans TV show. Just, they did that thing of lean into that grim-dark edgy shit that mm-hmm. everybody hates. That's the, even the people who like it don't like watching it for four seasons. Because four seasons of grim dark edgy shit gets old real fast.
0: And that's, it's that's... hard to, you know, maintain that when your starting point is fuck Batman.
2: Yeah.
0: Like you've already started at a real edgelord, Lord, Grim Dark level at that point. I like, thing- that had to be your first bit. Is like fuck Batman. Can you think of like any bit of media
1: that's gotten like you know audience at home? Let us know if there is one like that got that's had longevity and its whole thing is based on that, that Grim Dark Edge shit. Like not tongue in cheek, like actually mm. like, leaning super hard into like Titans. So I don't mean like you know. Sonic the Hedgehog or something like that. Wait, like, Edgy the Hedgehog. Yeah. It's like, you know, they play with it. I mean, like, full on. Like, no, fuck this. Like, you know,
2: ugh,
0: edge. And we're not talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. We're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy-inspired things where like, they've taken Niders it movies,
2: yeah. I think one that, step
0: further. And yeah. again, yeah, uh, people got real... A t- oh, uh, uh, vast General majority... yeah. General, general audiences. audiences got very fed up with like the Snyderverse tone very Within quickly. Within about three of, movies, like, yeah. Let the children die, Ken. Yeah, it's
1: like, it's like, I know it was all like a fan base film, but like general audiences did not respond well to that, and that series died after like three or four movies. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I, I think that's generally held true for everything I can think of. That leans hard; it's that edgy aesthetic.
0: Yeah, off the top of our heads. So, comment section, let us know. And just to clarify again, not something that has
1: edgy elements, something that. Fully leans into the grim, dark, just dour, depressing um, uh, worldview. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Snyderverse or the Titansverse. So look how many seasons Arrow got after that stopped being, trying to be like fucking Batman 2.0, when they started realizing, oh, crossover with a flash and sewed so bot single arrows.
0: They're like well, 12 seasons. Thing, yeah, because um, Arrow was that. Initially, so, yeah. They know, leaned initially. away from it so hard. Because they saw the success of The Flash, right? And also because, because The Flash liked- came out and was super lighthearted and you know, Grant Gustin gave a very inspirational, hopeful performance rather than like everything is bad. And it's like people really enjoyed that. Do you know what it was?
1: It was the relationship between um Oliver and the lady playing Felicity. It mm-hmm. was that Stephen O'Mell and that lady their relationship is what changed the entire tone of the show. And you'll have fans mm. of the original Grim Dark Town say that's the point where the show got bad. But if you go look at the numbers, that's the point where the show started to get <laughs> millions more people watching because it turned it into a just drama with superheroes in it. And people really responded to that because generally it's a lot easier to watch a show where you're seeing attractive people have a good time than just people being murdered.
0: Yeah, it's just really... Not that hard to have grounded show without all that grim dark shit. It really can be done quite easily. It's like you can set a world where you have realistic settings, but have fun still. Yeah, because
1: like even the shows that deal with really dark, macabre stuff. I think about like every police procedural mm-hmm. where they like deal like, like some like special victims unit. Which deals with like the most heinous kind of crime, as like, you might know, sex crimes, usually against like the vulnerable. They still have those moments of levity in the show. They have those interpersonal character relationships. So you've got a reason to keep coming back. Like you, the world's tone is dark and depressing, but you do have those moments of levity,
2: mm-hmm. which I
1: think are basically critical to that sort of media success. And just, just titans didn't have enough of that.
0: It just needed to take itself a little bit less seriously and have a bit more Beasts for Beastman. <laughs> it's like, oh, I will never let that go, that Beast Boy is just Tiger Man. He should be Tiger Man. It's, it's depressing. And the fact that you said, you know, you've watched three seasons of it and it, you just never became Beast Boy, You just stayed Tiger Man. He never gets green skin. And he never gets green skin. So I was yeah. hoping,
1: oh, maybe what they're going to do is he'll go through a secondary mutation, he'll get his green skin. They never do that. It's a shame. What a shame! You know, a lot of wasted potential. Speaking of wasted potential, don't waste the potential of um, the next episode of this show by not liking and subscribing. That was a (laughs) bad segue.
0: (laughs) It was. It was. Uh, Thank you all for watching, and I know this was a bit of a longer one, but hopefully, everyone enjoyed it. And let us know which wiki won this week. Some good stuff in there. Yeah, just you know what? Fuck Titans.